0: Well, when I was a little kid, one of my earliest remembrances, the earliest memory I, I can muster up is of uh, my parents telling me that they've got a great gift for me for my birthday the next day. And I don't remember if I was three or whether I was four, or maybe five, but I think maybe around four. Anyways, I was so excited. I went to bed I, full of anticipation. What was going to be revealed as this gift? You know, and, and I opened up my eyes in the morning, you know, and I looked And there on my dresser was a brand new Tonka truck. It was so exciting. (laughs) So this is one of my earliest remembrances of an unveiling that was really meaningful to me and really exciting. And it kind of reminds me of this unveiling that happens four or five years ago. Maybe you've seen it on YouTube. Probably you have. If we could show it. hearing any gays or any boos like either you love the thing or you hate the thing it's like kind of ugly and then 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 the show kind of went on and it came to this point where elon musk is going to show off the, the the bulletproof glass on his new truck it wasn't so bulletproof. <laughs> and, and the whole thing kind of crashed around, you know, And but what happened was this this video went viral because of the big blooper in it, you know, that he smashed the window in his truck, which wasn't supposed to smash. And he was not too impressed. Uh, he probably should have tried it before they put it up on stage and did that. <laughs> But you know what? You know, God had His own unveiling a long time ago. It looked something like this. Like this. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> right? And, and it also had a light show, didn't it? Looked something like this. Right? It was pretty exciting, and everybody was excited, and, and God was unveiling. What was He unveiling? He was unveiling Himself. He was putting his own characteristics in his son. Well, they were already there, but he was putting his son on display as himself. Because God and and the the son are one. And so God was displaying himself. So he was unveiling himself. Uh, And so today we're going to look at not the unveiling of God so much. Uh, Because in in its own way, that unveiling has already gone viral, right? Because, you know, there's five billion copies of the Bible in the world today. (laughs) It's kind of gone viral, right? Uh, Even kind of outdone Elon Musk or anyone else who's gone viral. This story is out there. Uh, But it's interesting that there were teasers before this big reveal, before Jesus showed up on earth, there were teasers all through the Old Testament. And you can find them. Now, sure, lots of them are the prophecies that happened in the Old Testament. They prophesied that that there would be a coming king. They prophesied that, that he would be a suffering servant. They prophes- there's like 350 to 600 prophecies about Jesus Christ. Uh, and so there's all these teasers that were out there. But there was more. There were these things, strange occurrences in the Bible... That theologians today call Theophanies or Christology. It's Christophanies. And you're all like, well those are big words, Pastor. What is that what in the world does that mean? Well, I'm gonna explain, okay? So hang on. Uh, the, we're theologians, we like to use these big words. And, and you might say, well, why are we studying theophanies and Christophanies? Well, remember I had sent out these uh, suggestive sermons? Okay, so a bunch of them came back with, can you talk about the dual nature of Christ, the, the deity of Christ, the everlasting nature of Christ? But one of them I found really intriguing. Theophany, appearance of Jesus in Old Testament. So I was like, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, now, it's a little bit misleading. Theophyses is not the appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. Christophany is, okay? Uh, so I just want to clear that up because it even threw me for a loop for a second when I read that note. Uh, but as as you might know, if you know any Greek, uh, theo means God, right? And um, Well, the Greek word is, I have to look this one up. Uh, finero, uh, f- which we we skewer to make offanies, f- 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 <laughs> theophanies, okay? The whole word, the combined words. And so, what, what is a Christophany? Obviously, an appearance of Christ. And so, uh, we're just gonna look into these a little bit this morning, uh, because these are part of the, this is part of the You Asked for It series that we're going through it. And, um, so, That's one of the reasons why I want to give this message. But I also want to give it for another really important reason. Because these theophanies and Christophanies can actually impact our lives. And so uh, I don't like giving sermons that are just, you know, theology without some practical application. So you've got to wait until the very end of the sermon. We'll get to the practical application. But for now, we're just going to look at uh, what the Bible says uh, about these uh theophanies um they're are all theophanies whether they're christophanies or not is something that you and i and theologians all over the world have to decide because there's no uh explicit exp- explanation that these appearances in the old testament are christophanies so we're going to look into it uh, so the very first theophany in the bible is when god is walking and talking with Adam and Eve. It's right there in the first, second, and third chapter of the Bible when God comes in. And it seems like this is something that was happening on a regular basis. uh, Because after they sinned, they heard the sound of God walking in the garden. And they hid themselves, right? And so it's, and it says in the cool of the evening, it's, it, it it almost implies that this was a regular thing, that every night God would come along and they'd have a little chat. How did the gardening go today? You know, and and they talked. That's that's the impression I get. Uh, the next instance is the, in chapter 12, God appears to Abraham, Abram, and spoke with him. And six chapters later, we have this very fascinating story of Abraham sitting by this oak. And all of a sudden, the Lord, the, the, the Bible says the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. And Abraham looked up and saw three, three men standing nearby. Now, how do you th- think those three men? They're, those three men are described as the Lord showing up. So what do we conclude? Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's very possible. However, when, as the story unfolds, these other the, there's this point where Abraham um, is talking with the three men, and then it says the men went on, and the, and Abraham stayed with the Lord. Well, that's kind of interesting. And then we find out in the next chapter, chapter 19, that it actually talks about these these two men that go to Sodom and Gomorrah as being angels. And we're like, okay, well, well, is it the Trinity? Is it, you know, the Lord and two angels? Is it Jesus, maybe, and two angels? And and we're confused. We don't really know. And this is what's really interesting as we start to look at these uh, theophanies, these appearances of God, we start getting confused because of the language that's being used. And we're going like... Well, who is this really talking about, and you 're going to see that as we unpack this. Uh, some of the other events that where God appears and shows up in the Old testament are um, are interesting he, um, in chapter thirty two of Genesis, we have Jacob rest, wrestling with this person in the middle of the night they 're having a wrestling match and you 're like, "Who is this guy and uh, and it's, it's strange because at the end of the wrestling match, jo, uh, Jacob asks the guy to bless him. And he asked him his name and the guy won't tell him his name. And it's very weird. And then in the end, this is what Jacob says about the event. He says, I have seen God face to face. And, you know, the, the person says, you've wrestled with God and with men and have prevailed very interesting so we're not sure like what was that all about (laughs) then in exodus uh god appears to moses in a burning bush we're going to talk about that in a minute uh and and again god shows up in a in a pillar of cloud by day and a burning pillar of fire by night this is pretty awesome this is inside of everybody the whole nation gets to see this theophany god showing up as this incredible display of power um and then in in exodus chapter 4 uh, Moses, Aaron, Nebaiah, Min, uh, sorry, Nabadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. It says, they went up to Mount Sinai, and they saw God face to face. So this is 74 people. They see God face to face. And later on in, in Exodus, it says that Moses talked with God as a man talks with his friend. Isn't that interesting? So very connected here, uh, face-to-face. Um, well, that's just a couple of books in the Old Testament. We've only got through Genesis and Exodus. So we can go on and on and on, all through the Bible, all the different times that God shows up and people go like, whoa, and interact with him. Um, but it's interesting. Interesting. These appearances of God create a bit of a conundrum for us, okay? Because elsewhere in the Bible, it says some very strange and interesting things. For One is like uh, John chapter 1, verse 18. It says, no one has seen God at any time. And I'm like, uh, what about who and <laughs> Joshua and Moses? <laughs> and then again, John repeats it. No one has seen God at any time. So we're like, well, John, did you not read the Bible? You know, like, what's going on here? Um, and and in uh, Timothy it says that God is the King of Kings and Lord 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 of Lords, who is alone, immortal, who lives in unapproachable life, whom no one can, has seen or can see. Third time repeated. Uh, in Exodus, God said to Moses, "You cannot see my face, for for no man can see me and live. Um, and Job, in the book of Job, we have him saying, were he to pass by me, I would not see him. Were he to move past me, I would not perceive him. Talking about the Lord. Uh, Timothy calls God the eternal, immortal, invisible God, only God. Uh, so how is it that this invisible God, who nobody can see, is seen by Abraham and Moses and... All these 70 guys, like, what's going on? How can you appear to all these people? Um, well, the Bible has an answer for its own conundrum, okay? Uh, praise God. We saw one of those last weeks where the Bible answers itself. Uh, so in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it's really clear. It says, the Son is the image of the invisible God. For God is pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Do you get that? So in other words, Jesus actually exemplifies and and personifies and shows God. Um, And then we have some other interesting verses. And and, and so just bear with me for a moment as I unpack this. Um, In uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, I forget what chapter it is, maybe next slide. Look at that, chapter 10. Uh, It says... Our ancestors were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They were all ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink and they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. That rock was Christ. Oh. So in other words, the New Testament says Jesus was present in the Old Testament. In fact, went with the Israelites wherever they went and he was he was the rock probably talking about the one that the water came out of a couple of times. Uh, We're not sure if it was a moving rock. or It's a little confusing. We're not sure what that's all about. But clearly, Jesus was there in the Old Testament. Uh, We know that he was uh, everlasting, and so he was there. Jude has a a very similar uh, comment when, uh, in verse 5, Jude says, I want to remind you that Jesus at one time delivered his people out of egypt but later destroyed those who did not believe jesus really i thought it was the lord god almighty Uh, well we already know through the trinity that they are one and the same and so uh, these old testament appearances of god could very possibly be appearances of the pre-incarnate jesus christ himself uh, now, the, the Old Testament doesn't explicitly say that. The New Testament doesn't explicitly say that. But it's kind of implied when you put all these verses together. And you kind of go like, okay, well, that makes sense then. That people are seeing Jesus and through him they are seeing God. Because Jesus is God. So um, that's one possibility. There's another possibility that sometimes God just shows himself to people uh, in a form that he decides to take on. Um, so these are a couple possibilities but it's interesting the way jesus talk says what jesus talks says to philip when philip says well just show us the father do you remember that philip's like just show us the father jesus and that'll be enough for us we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll understand that and jesus is like philip come on how long have you been here haven't you figured out that i and the father are one if you've seen me you've seen the father don't you get it like, and I just love it, you know. Who has he? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And this just exemplifies this idea that, in fact, when we see Jesus, we are actually looking at the very face of God. Uh, so, armed with this information, many have, many theologians have concluded that all these appearances of God in the Old Testament, or maybe most of them, are in fact appearances of Jesus Christ in his glorified, in his pre-glorified, pre-incarnate state. We don't exactly know what he looked like exactly, but he was the representation of God. Um, So there's one other thing that I'd like to just touch on before we move on of how this affects our life. And that is this interesting being who's talked about in the Old Testament quite a bit. He's referred to about seven or eight times in person and a few other references and some that we're not quite sure who this being is. But he's called the angel of the Lord. Have you ever heard of this being called the angel of the Lord? Very interesting character in the Old Testament because he shows up and then when he shows up, almost invariably, he starts acting and talking as though he were God himself. And it kind of it's like what what is that all about okay so the first time this happens is the angel of the lord comes and meets hagar hagar's running away from sarah and abraham uh he, she has a daughter by abraham and, and he, she's being kicked out of the house and so uh this is the first destitute woman that we see in the bible and she's destitute she's going into the desert and she she's terrified that her son is going to die uh and that she's going to be left all alone she's going to die too Uh, because the Jardine countryside is not, you know, hospitable, (laughs) you know, if you're just kicked out. And so she's got a couple days' rations, and then it runs out. And then she's sitting under... She puts the kid under a tree, and then moves over and cries out to God and says, you know, like, I'm just... I just... I give up. And then the angel of the Lord comes to her and says something very interesting. He says... I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be mu- numbered for multitude. Now, do angels have the ability to multiply offspring so that it cannot be numbered? Mm, maybe. But we know for sure God has that ability, doesn't he? And then it's interesting Hagar's response. Hagar says, now I know that... Or, or God... the the, Sorry. Hagar says, You are a God of seeing. You have seen me. And truly I have seen him who looks after me. Interesting. So she's referring to this being as God. Then uh, another time, you, well, you remember the, the story about um, Abraham, and that another time, um, Abraham takes. Uh, Isaac up to Mount Moriah and he's going to sacrifice him to the Lord and just as he's about to plunge his knife into his son, what happens? The angel of the Lord says, do not ha- harm the child, right? And, and Abraham goes, oh, okay. Um, but then notice what the angel says. I know that you fear God seeing you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. Oh, hold a sec. He was offering his son to God. And yet this angel of the Lord is saying, You're, you haven't withheld them from me. Interesting. And then when the angel of the Lord appears to Jacob in a dream, he says, the angel of the Lord says, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Since when are there multiple gods? Is this the angel of the Lord God, or is he not God? Very interesting. When the, You remember when God visited Moses Uh, And said, out of the burning bush, uh, I am uh, am the God of your father, God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac. So the, the voice is very clearly identifying himself as God. But when it's introduced, it says that the angel of the Lord met Moses. Oh, okay. This is becoming really clear who this angel of the Lord is, isn't it? It's... Um, and, and then uh, I love this this one uh, about Gideon. It's it's hilarious. It says the angel of the Lord uh, met sat down under the oak near Ophrah um, and was talking to Gideon, who's was threshing wheat. This is in, in uh, uh, Judges chapter six. And Gideon's talking back to the angel of the Lord and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm not the guy. You got to choose someone else." and, and, and then. The, it says, the Lord turned to him and said, and you're like, well, was there another guy or was this the angel of the Lord? <laughs> um, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Median's hand. And then again in verse 18, it says, the Lord said, I will wait until you return uh, after he was going to get a goat to, to make, a, make some food. And then in verse 20, it says, the angel of God said to him, so, First it's the angel of the Lord, then it's the Lord, then it's the Lord again, then it's the angel of God, and, uh, and then in verse 21 it says, the angel of the Lord disappeared. And in verse 22, Gideon says, "Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. I don't think there's different people here. It's all the same person right there. And so um, theologians have concluded that the angel of the lord when the angel of the lord appears it's actually god himself appearing and very very likely that it's jesus christ appearing as the angel of the lord um there's other instances that are less clear less obvious that it's god but remember the the fellow with the drawn sword that that meets joshua just before just after he crossed the jordan river he's going to go attack the city of of jericho And the angel of the Lord has his drawn sword. And Joshua's like, whoa, dude, you for us or for them? Remember what he says? Neither. I've come as the commander of the Lord's armies. Who's that? Well, we actually find out in Revelation that it's Jesus, don't we? He's the commander of the Lord's armies. Um, Then in... uh, in the book of Daniel, we have this very interesting thing where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they get tossed in the fiery furnace, right? And uh, all of a sudden, the king's like, what is going on? Why is there a fourth guy in there? And the fourth guy looks like the son of the gods. Who is that? Not sure. Maybe a Christophany. You starting to get the picture here? And Melchizedek, another very interesting character in the Old Testament. People are like, who is this guy? and in hebrews 7 verse 3 it says he's without father or mother or genealogy having neither beginning of days nor end of days but resembling the son of god he continues as a priest forever who is this no kiss that guy right so we don't know these these are question marks and uh, some say oh it's definitely christophany others say no, no 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 we don't we can't say that um so i'll leave it up to you uh, <laughs> You have to decide. I I guess you don't have to really decide. What does all this mean for us? Why am I talking about these Christophanies, these appearances of God? They're all definitely theophanies. Whether they're Christophanies or not, we're not entirely sure, but it does make sense. Um, So one of the things that it shows us is that God understands that we are physical people. And we respond to physical realities, things we can see, things we can hear. These are things that God recognizes that we kind of have an affinity towards. So God provided these things for us. And you might say to me, well, Pastor, that's very fine and great for Moses and Aaron and, uh, you know, the disciples that saw Jesus, but uh, that was thousands of years ago. And what about me? Um, So we're going to get to that. (laughs) because I believe God is interested in meeting with you and it may not be a fully blown theophany it may not be a fully blown Christophany where you can see Jesus Um, but it might be okay don't rule that out Uh, I've heard countless stories of people who were serving Allah and had a vision of Jesus Christ all over the world this is happening right now, today. And then they've turned to Christ. In fact, there's a couple right over there that had this dream. (laughs) And uh, used to be Muslim, and after coming to Christ, they dreamt about Jesus. What's going on? Uh, It's wonderful to know throughout the Bible this powerful Christophanies of Christ in the Old Testament. I love what Jesus said to the... uh, pharisees when they challenged him about who he was uh, and he said you know i've, I've seen abraham <laughs> and, and they're like or, or this is what he said your father abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day he saw it and was glad <laughs> and they're like dude you're not 50 years old yet <laughs> and you've seen abraham and jesus replies verily ver- truly i tell you before abraham was born i am what an awesome passage. It just shows that Jesus Christ was around for a long time. And in, in Jesus says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. So in other words, Abraham did in fact see Jesus. Uh, so I don't know whether it was one of those three times that we talked about already or what, but that's what Jesus says. Um, the interesting thing is, We think of Christophanies, I I often think of Christophanies as appearances of Christ in the Old Testament. But I discovered as I was researching for today that no one else thinks that way. (laughs) Christophanies carry on. Uh, The first Christophany after Christ's uh, death was to um, Mary Magdalene, right? He showed up. And then he shows up to these two guys who are walking down the road on the way to Emmaus. Again, Christophany. He's God showing up, appearing to him. And then Jesus shows up in the locked room with all the disciples. And they're all like, whoa, what's going on? They think they see a ghost. But no, he's not a ghost. He is touchable, feelable. He eats, eats uh, fish right in their presence. Uh, it's it's amazing and then of course he appears to more than 500 people uh later or sometime he appears to thomas who wasn't who didn't think this was all real and they were just making it up in their heads (laughs) uh and then on the mountain and finally he appears to them and he ascends up into heaven is that the end of the christophanies no right paul on the road to damascus he's all breathing threats out against the christians and Boom! Has an appearance of Christ there. Sees him in all his glory. He doesn't know who he is. He says, like, who are you, Lord? He knows he's Lord. He knows he's a great being, but he doesn't know who he is. I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Wow, another Christophany. Um, so this is all very interesting, like I said, but what about you and I? right? What, what about us? I, like, are, are we really supposed to expect a Christophany? Well, let me read to you what the disciples and i'd like you to look this up if you have a bible with you turn to john 14 um because this is this is jesus he, he's just explained to philip that he and the father are one he's been trying to tell them hey i'm preparing a place for you i'm going to take you up to glory someday uh, but i'm not going to leave you as orphans and listen to what he says if you love me this is verse 15 john 14 Verse 15. I'm sure some of you didn't bring your Bibles, so there it is up on the screen. (laughs) Helping you out. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. So who's that? That's the Holy Spirit, obviously. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Implying what? That we will see Him and know him, right? But you know him, he says to the disciples. He says very clearly, now this is before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And Jesus says, but you know him. And who's he talking He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The disciples have already had a relationship with the Holy Spirit because they've seen the Holy Spirit in Jesus, first of all. They've also ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, gone out and done miracles all over the place. So they know him. And then he says, and will be in you. In other words, Jesus is looking forward to the day of Pentecost when he's going to pour out the Holy Spirit on his disciples. And then he says these really cool words. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is saying, you know, like, hey, you know, you're not going to be left without my presence. And other places all through the Bible, Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God says the same thing. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. He's talking about his crucifixion. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. So he's saying, I'm going to rise from the dead. You're going to see me. And because I live, you will also live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me. And I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Who is them in this passage? It's whoever. But what's interesting is in this translation, in the NIV, it says, I will show myself to them. But the word in the Greek, the the autos, is the Greek word, and it actually means Him. And so the King, the King James Version man, says that Jesus will manifest myself to him. It's who? The, the person who loves Jesus. And, we've, and, and the NLT, I love the way it translates this because it makes it really, really clear that is, this is talking about individuals. And reveal myself to each of them. Who's going to reveal himself to all of those who love him? So in other words, Jesus is promising... That he will reveal himself to each of us. Did you know that? That he has promised to have some type of Christophany with you. Have you had that experience? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. thank you. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay, see, around this room, if, you, if you're like, Oh, pastor, that's crazy talk. You talk to the people in this room. They have met Christ. Now, not for all of them, it's not like you know he's some shimmering being at the end of their bed, not per se. But I remember meeting him and a voice hearing a voice behind me and turning around and seeing like a thousand acres of wheat swaying in the wind, going, <laughs> "What in the world was that?" It still brings the hairs on my arm. They stand up every time I remember it. And um, I've, I've bored you with many stories, <laughs> many times about meeting God. But God still wants to meet with His people. He wants to show Himself to us. And, and the, the passage goes on. The passage actually describes how this showing of Christ to us is going to happen. Uh, next slide. And Judas not scared said, "But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world?" And Jesus replied, "Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and they will come to them, and make our home. And, and sorry, we will come to them and make our home in them." In other words, when Jesus takes up residence in you, when you are born again by the Spirit of God, there is a revelation that is happening to you in your, in your being. Jesus is coming and making himself. No, he's, he's, he's dwelling inside you. So how can he not reveal himself to you? And you might go like, well, I don't, I, I mean, I remember praying a prayer and asking Jesus into my heart, and I don't, I don't feel anything and nothing really changed. yes. That might be the case. But the Bible says that he takes up his residence in you. And if you love him and if you believe in him, that he will indeed indwell you by his Holy Spirit. The Bible says that anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ is not his. So if you're a Christian today, you have the Spirit of Christ in you. It may, be, it may take some training. It may take some uh, focusing on God to hear his voice, for him to become more obvious in your life. And and to that end, I want to just point out the the conditions in this passage. Jesus says, uh, you know, I will reveal myself to that one. But do you remember what the conditions were of that one? Who who are these people that Jesus is going to reveal himself to? He says it three times in the passage. He repeats who they are. So I'm just going to share them. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. That's the first time he says it. The second time in verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me is loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Right? So it's the one who loves Jesus and keeps his commands. And, and in verse 23, he says it again, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love him them and come to them and make our home with them. So it's about loving Jesus and obeying his command. And Jesus said one of the greatest commands is to believe in him and believe in Christ. Without that, you cannot please God. So that's the first step of obedience to Christ. But I think it goes beyond that, doesn't it? It's a lifestyle of obedience to Christ. I want to end with this little story um, because I thought it was cute. Also, I think it makes the point. There was a sign in this window that said, Boy Wanted. This is a while back. Uh, young John Sim- Simmons thought he was lazy, uh, saw his opportunity and applied. Though I'm sorry, though he was lazy, saw his opportunity and applied for the job. And he was quickly hired by the elderly Mr. Peters. The pace was leisurely, so he enjoyed the job. And toward the middle of the afternoon, however, he was sent up to the attic in a dingy place full of cobwebs and infested with mice, he says. Uh, And uh, Mr. Peters explained, you will find a long, deep box there. Please sort out the contents and see what should be saved. John was disappointed. It was a pretty big container, and there seemed to be nothing in it but old junk. And after a few minutes, he went back to the ground floor, asked by the proprietor if he had completed his work. He said, "Uh, no, sir, it was dark and cold up there, and I didn't think it was really worth doing. Closing time, he was paid and told not to return. And the next morning, there was a sign. Boy wanted. <laughs> and uh, Crawford Hill was the next to be employed. And when he was asked to tidy up the same storage box. However, he spent hours tidying up that box, separating the usable nails and screws from the things that needed to be discarded. And suddenly, he re- remember this is a long time ago, okay? Suddenly, he raced downstairs, all excited. At the very bottom, I found this, holding up a $20 bill. And at last, the store owner had discovered a conscientious boy to whom he could entrust his business when he retired. And years later, Mr. Peter said, This young man, who now is my successor, found his fortune in an old junk box. And then correcting himself, he added, Now he actually found it in his mother's bible because he heeded the verse that she made him memorize he that is faithful in that which is least will also be faithful in much and i believe that if you really want to experience the words of a a hymn that you probably all know a server and savior he's in this world today uh, and it goes on to talk about he walks with me and talks with me And I see him in the wind, the passing wind. I hear him in the breeze. I see him all over the place. And if you really want to experience that living Christ, Jesus is very explicit. He says, love me and obey me. And I can guarantee you that if you love Christ and you obey him, you will have your own personal Christophany. He will show up. And he will reveal himself to you personally, on purpose, in some of the least expected times. Not when you're busy loving him and, you know, like, oh, I'm doing this all, all this hard work. No, it's going to be in an unexpected way. He will come and show himself to you. uh, And he'll probably do it many times because you'll have what we like to call a personal relationship with Jesus Christ.